All right, welcome back to a bonus episode of the Blasters and Blades podcast. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, let me tell you what we're doing right now. We're getting ready to uh, release some of the archive that we found from when we were the sci-fi shenanigans. Uh, we're going to get those up there for, for the posts that were brought down. We thought you might enjoy them. Um, and so without further ado, let us uh, let us roll that beautiful... Oh, wait, they're going to sue me. Play it. All right, welcome back to a bonus episode of the Blasters and Blades podcast. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, let me tell you what we're doing right now. We're getting ready to uh, release some of the archive that we found from when we were the sci-fi shenanigans. Uh, we're going to get those up there for, for the posts that were brought down. We thought you might enjoy them. Um, and so without further ado, let us, uh, let us roll that beautiful... Oh, wait, they're going to sue me. Play it. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi fans. Time for your daily dose of insanity. Over here at the Sci-Fi Shenanigans Podcast with your hosts, Jared Handley and me, Chris Winder. Just two nerdy veterans geeking out over a science fiction passion. A place where the sky's the limit, space is the place, and nerds run the world. Without further ado. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Shenanigans Podcast. Today we are conducting our final interview with authors from the Backblast Area Clear, a military science fiction anthology. Today as our special guest, we have Navin Weirart Otney. Close. I've been beat You're definitely better than the last time. <laughs> Ooh, I've been practicing. All right. So welcome. Welcome, Navin. And then from Thank here you. on out, we're just going to call him Navin because I can pronounce that. And um, he probably mispronounces Handley. So it's all fair and loving. I, right? I, I can't say Handley. I you're sure. You're sure, <laughs> Handley. Okay, so. <laughs> right, right. All right. So, Navin is a miniature painter living in Sri Lanka. He doesn't paint miniature people. He actually paints figurines. So, don't expect him to paint your midget friends. I know that's not politically correct. I was trying to be funny on the fly. Don't hate me. All right. Um, if you don't know what that is, he gets paid to paint all kinds of figurines for tabletop gamers uh, so they can kill hundreds of hordes of undead uh, zombies and whatnot. Um, together with his amazing and beautiful wife, Thelani? Is that right? Yeah. All right. I was making sure I cut close to pronouncing it. She's probably shaking her head at me. Um, he hosts geek and nerd events in the Sri Lankan community. He's one of the founding members of the Sri Lankan Comic Con and generally a brilliant chap. Uh, he has five cats and two dogs and cannot justify the amount of times he play. Uh, he spends playing Kerbal Space Program. I've seen some videos of that. That looks fun, by the way, if, if I wasn't afraid of getting it addicted. Is amazing. It is amazing. I, I have learned far too much physics than I would care to admit to, which I've used in my writing. So from that game, 
Well, it's, it's hey, it's useful and it's it's kind of fun. They did a video where they had one of the actual astronauts work through that game to talk about um, landing. We you shared it in your um, Legion <laughs> Legion of Science Fiction Writers Facebook group, uh, where he that's where he posts all yeah, his I'm science. Not so sure how well he did landing though. Oh, the 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 guest crashed, bounced off the atmosphere. Yes, and so I'm sure that the astronaut was just laughing. But uh, but anyway, there's some good stuff there if you want to talk about the science. And he's learned uh, apparently about it playing this uh, this computer game. So did we get everything right, Navin? Um, do we miss anything? I think so. Yes. yes All right. So much. this. Nice you're welcome. So the second part of the introduction, dear listener, is how we found them. So I actually found Navin through a mutual acquaintance, and I'm probably going to pronounce this one wrong too. But Yudhanjaya. Okay, can you pronounce that for us? Oh, it's so good. I'm going to make a wave file of that and like make it my ringtone or something. We just play it at <laughs> the parties. Uh, it's Yudanja Vigeratna. All right. And I just call him Yuda because I can pronounce that. And he, he goes with Yuda it for fine. me because he's, he's nice okay like that. that. Yes. But uh, when we interviewed Yuda about the lit RPG subgenre, because he's an uber fan of that subgenre, uh, and through that discussion, your name came up, uh, specifically your Burning Eagle novel. Since that introduction, we've chatted over the Zuckerberg machine, where we've engaged in many funny discussions and fun ones, too, about life, politics, and science fiction. We don't always agree, but we're able to have fun and keep it civil, which is a rare treat these days. Uh, we've interviewed him about that series because it sounded so interesting. Uh, so go ahead and give it a listen. As always, that will be linked in the show notes. Um, and so that is that. So we're uh, when when I reached out to you to do that interview, was that the uh, the first time you had heard of me? Or, or had, uh, oh, no. had you seen you oh, and actually, I going at it? You actually sent me a, a message on, um, I think it was Goodreads. And I never look at my Goodreads profile. I saw oh, that's it right. Later. That's like, right. Yeah. And, um, and I just come out of this weird relationship where I work with this one business partner who screwed me over for everything I own. So I was a very, very untrusting phase of anyone I didn't know. So I was completely unprepared for how warm and supportive and like go team everyone is in uh, self-publishing. So, so it was Yudanja who went first and went, hey, you know, the whole world out there and like these people are pretty cool and they'll teach you stuff and let's all work together. And I'm like, are you sure it's not a trick? Like, yes, Navin, I'm, I'm sure it's not a trick. I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. Everyone in the world is nuts around me. So it was a, it was a growing experience for me to find that, you know, someone online far away may want to talk to me for no other reason that he wants to talk to me and like we can make some sweet sweet stories together so yeah it was um it was your z <laughs> your z lamb uh z lamia z lamb story the uh i was going through a zombie phase and i found that story or sort of organically right, you try it? <laughs> I bought it. I haven't had a time to read it because I've been doing ones I'm going to review. Um, but I've yeah. decided first I was trying to only do the read like sci-fi, like like definitely it has to be Mill SF if I'm going to write a review. And I realized that that um, I could probably, as long as it's sci-fi in general, I can get away with the reviews on my website as opposed to, you know, because it doesn't have to be that yeah. tied in with, with the branding. So uh, I've loosened time, up. I think you'll enjoy. I think you'll enjoy it. Because uh, it'll tell you a lot about Sri Lanka and a lot about things about Sri Lanka that Sri Lankans don't really want people talking about. But I totally got away with the story. So, but yeah, so I was I was curious about the story because I saw that, and then of course I saw some of your your linked posts where you had your friend with the uh, who had gotten sick, and you were like standing there with the picture of the book. So yes, yes, it was the mosquitoes, I right? Know, for those, the friend of my um, dengue hemorrhagic fever is a real real concern out here. And the government is not talking enough about it. They want to play down how dangerous it is. 
uh, and how widespread it is. And um, uh, a friend of mine caught it three times. And that's really insane. I think there are only three or four strains of dengue virus in the world anyway. So he can't catch it any more times. And I would give him such a ribbing for it because it's, it's dangerous. Right? It gets worse every time. And um, I was, uh, Zealand was actually considered for a National Writing Award. And they did a small video beforehand with me where they talked about Zealand. And they asked me, why did you write it? And I said, well, you know, I need something to market another book, which I, you guys have not considered for the award. Uh, so I put this out, you know, I worked on it for a month. And I have a friend who caught Deggy three times. Like, you know what? Someone's going to be someone's gonna be done about this. People catch these disease and no one takes it seriously. Let me write a book about this and make fun of them. And, and I did. So. Outstanding. So it's it's on my list for I keep a list of books I want to review for my website and it's on there. So we will we will have to bump it up some on the list. But we did promise the listeners that we would keep this um, quick and dirty. So um, for your anthology okay. story, uh, could you tell us what your anthology story is titled? Yes, it's called The Battle of Purple. It's an awesome title. I like it. It's simple. So the uh, what's a basic synopsis of, the, of that story, The Battle of Purple? Well, The Battle of Purple is set in a universe where humans are no longer the, uh, the top predator. We're not top of the food chain anymore. There are things we've created. There are artificial intelligences which have gone off and iterated themselves to higher and higher levels. The singularity has happened. And these post-human beings are out there in space as well. And as much as we're spreading through space and colonizing and finding old alien artifacts, what we're running into that are opposing us are not so much aliens over there. It's our own, uh, our own children, in a sense. And the Battle of Purple, what's happened is they found an alien artifact that they want to look into. Um, but it's in a system controlled by a hegemonizing swarm post-human intelligence. And uh, the, the military uh, special forces team has to go in there and do a rescue. And they, you know, they've got to deal with, you know, what may or may not be set up for them when they get there. So. And I do, um, I, I didn't beta read everybody's story in this one just because not everyone needed it or wanted it. But, but Navin, because, you know, we're buds and, and we do that for each other anyway, and we're sort of at the same part in our yeah. career. I actually beta read this one for him. And I remember, aside from questioning some of his grammar style, just because British grammar is slightly different than American, if you're, if you're not familiar, which is not to say it's wrong. It's just, it's different um, in some way, some minor ways. So other than those issues, because I wasn't sure if it was right or not, and I'm not a grammar person anyway um that's why uh, I, you were gonna uh, say nazi i caught myself but um uh, i i hire <laughs> editors for there. a reason to fix that but uh but I, one of the things i did remember sending clearly was i was like dude this needs to be a novel like why can't i buy the book because it's 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 a good story it's compelling Thank so you. um so what was the inspiration for this short story well, the particular inspiration for the short story, now this is a story full of gimmicks, and I apologize to readers who may be looking for perhaps a little more than what the characters are wrestling with. They have one central problem, and I try to make them likable characters. But that's really all there is to it. They are a vessel for me with gimmicks. And the central gimmick is something that I came up with that I think as far as I know, I am the first person to discuss the use of a black hole in this way. Um, I call them um, sun satellites, where what you do is you make a tiny black hole, a very, very tiny black hole, 
and then you have iron screens orbiting it. Now, if what you make a black hole small, uh, oh, sorry, all black holes are small. If you make a black hole with very little mass, what you get is a very tiny event horizon, a very small um, area which you want to stay away from. But because it's small, it the radiation it emits through Hawking radiation is very short wavelength, and that's what's dangerous. That's what kills us. You know, large wavelength radiation, you know, we call those radio waves. So those will just go right through, you won't even notice. But short wavelength, that's what's wrecking DNA, that's what's, you know, melting things, that, that's the really high intense cosmic radiation. So you have tiny black hole, which doesn't take a lot of mass, maybe the mass of, say, a destroyer, if you, you know, just have a few thousand tons. Um, you hide it with screens of iron, because iron is a very high melting point, and it's cheap, it's everywhere. And you pump it, you pump the liquid iron, which is glowing hot, out to the outside of these plates, which are orbiting the black hole. And they're going to give off that heat against the vacuum of space. They'll give it off in light and heat. And basically what you do is you create a step-down transformer, where you're taking the very, very short wavelength, high-intensity hawking radiation from the black hole, and stepping it down to something that is much more survivable, visible light, heat. And what that gives you is a small sun. So I want to write about an alien race that we only know is there because of their relics. And instead of them colonizing solar systems and fighting over suns, they just went for all these rogue worlds, which are out there in the gaps between space, between stars. Uh, there may be as, as many as half of all the planets ever created in our galaxy may be these rogue worlds spinning way off between stars. They just go to these things, and they put up these small sun satellites around them, which slowly heat them up and turn their ices into oceans and terraform them. So that was the inspiration. I wanted to use that. Okay. So does this story stand alone, or does it fit in a larger universe? It fits in a larger universe. Uh, I wrote a book called Burning Eagle, which is an introduction to uh, this universe, where people are dealing with these post-human intelligences, uh, and some of them are allies, but some may not be allies, the the awkwardness of that. And that is full-on military science fiction. Uh, It's a universe which also has more of an action-adventure component, like Planet Nine is part of the same universe, and that's a little less military, a little more action-adventure. Um, but uh, Burning Eagle is a, a full-on military science fiction. And the Battle of Purple is set slightly after the events of Burning Eagle. So uh, was that the Reader's Digest version synopsis, or is there more you want to sell about the uh, tell us about the Burning Eagle universe, or did you, do you feel like you covered it? Let's cover out the, the Reader's Digest version, yeah. Okay. Because otherwise, so, it's a ridiculous version. That would take too long and waste everyone's time. Nobody wants to hear that. All right. Well, then, how about this? We will link your uh, episode where we interviewed you about Burning Eagle in the show notes. So people want to hear him talk even more about that universe in a lot more depth. You can do that. So given that this story is a military science fiction, is the larger universe that it fits into as well? I would say the large universe it fits into. That's a tough question. I would say it's more action adventure oriented. But you can bring military science fiction into anything. So whenever I whenever I write in this universe, whether I like it or not, I'll end up drawn to this point where I go, you know what? It's time to have a big combined arms conflict. I want artillery. I want spacecraft. I want infantry. I want tanks. I want mortars. I want them all to be there. I want them all to make sense. And 
uh, and that happens. So I, I end up writing military science fiction, whether I like it or not. I do mean like it or not, because I wrote this one book, which was about was supposed to be about ten explorers on a spaceship, and end up being ten explorers on a really big spaceship with an infantry company with them, with support assets, because I really wanted to write about them going into a fight, and so I did. So yeah. So even when it's not dead on the nose, Mill SF, it has the themes and characters. Fair it enough. It has the themes and characters. Yes. So what is it about the subgenre that appeals to you that draws you in every time? Military science fiction? Yes. I think it's because of uh, what I've done for a career. Um, I'm a miniature painter, and a lot of what we do are war game miniatures. And a lot of it is Warhammer, uh, Flames of War, World War II stuff. And the stuff that I'm most interested in are the World War II painting and the Flames of, and the, the modern uh, near-future stuff. And... I'm not interested in like you know the flash and the pop. I'm interested in the gritty details, like how many people are going to be in an infantry platoon, what the support weapons are going to have, what's everyone's jobs, and I found that very interesting. And I feel that if I'm going to put conflict into a story and I'm going to go for a big conflict, I may as well be able to write it well. And a big influence there uh, is. Um, Who's this gentleman? Uh, he's a British science fiction writer. He's also Warhammer. Everyone has talked about him. Sorry, it's a bit late over here on this end. My memory goes a bit by the end of the evening. Are you talking Dan Abnett? Dan Abnett, that's our man, yes. Um, Dan Abnett has been a big inspiration there because he was like the first writer I encountered who could write about a large conflict um, and, and do so in a way that was inspiring and interesting to read. And he helped influence me to start writing about that. I, I, I very much want to write about military science fiction, and that app has been my guide. Okay. So um, carrying that on as we wrap this uh, pony up, the if you could serve in any military science fiction unit from any franchise, where would you serve and why? Okay. You're going to think less of me for this, JR, but, but I'm going to accept that. I'm going to live with it, right? Now <laughs> – all the military units that I think are badass, I would never want to be close to because they're in horrible universes where the stakes are, are, are beyond, beyond measuring and most of them are probably going to die or expect to die. So instead, I have found the perfect solution. I would like to be in the core of the uh, Federal Army in Starship Troopers because they're far away from all the horror, but they still have serious work to do. Fair enough. So you are not the only one who considered livability as part of what they listed. (laughs) So Rick Partlow, for instance, said uh, said Starfleet because no one ever dies unless they wear red shirts. Uh, And uh, J.R. Castle came up with B.V. Larson's Undying Mercenary because if you die, they just print you a new body. Okay, as long as I'm not the, the most cowardly. If I can be in good company <laughs> as, as a cowardly uh, a cowardly person, this I'm okay. Uh, no, it's it's certainly some authors are jerks. Like, I, what's one of the things when Chris and I did our interview? One of the things we said was that I would not want to live as much as I love the Emberverse. I would not want to live under his oh, yeah. um, stuff because he's a real jerk to his characters. I'm like, man, I'd die in the first week. <laughs> horrendous. I don't know that I'd live through basic training. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, so no no no. You you uh, you stand among the the greats who considered that when they listed. <laughs> I think Richard Fox and uh, and Scott Moon were the only two that that didn't uh, factor in whether they were going to die to their answers. Never crossed those men. 
never crossed no. those. <laughs> uh, those are those are the ones that are like, no, just bring it on. That didn't hurt enough. Um, so, all right. So, Navin, as we wrap this up, can you tell listeners how they can find you? And as always, the links will be in the show notes. Uh, they can find me if they go to my website, which is scifinavin.com, or they can also find me on Twitter, where I am at scifinavin. Outstanding. And we'll link to all of that as long as well as, excuse me, as well as your, uh, your first interview. Uh, I believe you were like episode 60 or something. And you can find us, dear listener, at our website, www.sfshenanigans.com. Our Twitter is at sfs underscore show, Sierra Foxtrot, Sierra underscore show. Wow, I'm stumbling over my words, people. I don't even have the, the excuse that it's really, really late here because it's not. Um, our email is podcast at sfshenanigans.com. And our Facebook group is facebook.com backslash groups backslash sfshenanigans. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Chris Winder, I'm J.R. Hanley, and this was the Sci-Fi Shenanigans Podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of space and all things that go boom. All right. Thank you for sticking with us through that uh, archived episode that was in the... uh, in the digital memory hole that we found. We thought you'd enjoy it. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the archive for the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back at our regular scheduled time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. All right, thank you for sticking with us through that uh, archived episode that was in the uh in the digital memory hole that we found we thought you'd enjoy it so thank you for spending some of your precious time with us for nick garber and doc seska i am jr hanley and this was the archive for the blasters and blades podcast we'll be back at our regular scheduled time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and all things that go boom